Hello and welcome to another episode of the High on Horror Podcast. I am Miles, one of your three co-hosts, and today I'm joined by my other two co-hosts. Chris, hi. Yo, what up, Miles? Josh, salutations. <laughs> What's going on? You guys are in my house. We are in your house. We are one. <laughs> this is different seeing each other's body language and not talking at the same time and shit. Seeing each other's bodies. <laughs> yeah. It's a dream come true, my dude. The view is beautiful. <laughs> We're all naked. <laughs> We're just gazing upon each other. We all have socks on. Don't lie to them. Yeah. We put plastic wrap around Josh's living room and we've turned it into a sauna. <laughs> It's a little dewy in here, folks. <laughs> um, it's nothing but body positivity, <laughs> smiles, and boners. This is a safe zone, my friends. Um, so for today, our first episode we're recording together before our live stream, we watched the movie Antlers in the theater. Um, so do we want to like spoil it or give people a chance to hear what we think before we spoil it so they can turn it off? What do you think? Let's give a rundown of our whole day here. We had quite, we had quite the day. We did yeah, have we did. quite the day. We don't need to rush it. We can... Josh has taken us on we, some adventures. We can tease it a little. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Last last night, Miles arrived at my work of Pizza Hut. Uh, yeah, Miles drove for twelve-ish hours. <laughs> it seemed. <laughs> it was really cool. It was supposed to be seven. And that got extended a bit, but yeah, he arrived at my work. Chris's flight got delayed. Me and Miles drove to Portland, Maine from my house and picked up Chris at like yeah. the exact right time. It yes. was perfection. They saw my plane landing as <laughs> Yeah, <pulled> <laughs> as we were pulling in the airport, we saw his, his, air, his airplane land. And then his gigantic man frame came out of the airport <laughs> and embraced us. And I met Miles and Josh. <laughs> Me and Miles saw a toilet. <laughs> we did. They, on our way there, we went down the back roads. Of New Hampshire. I thought we were going to die. And I, I thought we were going to die also. <laughs> and, I was uh, like, Miles, we are not safe right now. <laughs> we drove past a toilet that was sitting on the side of the road. And you know how people like buy letters to put on their mailbox or whatever? They did. And they wrote, Thunder Job on the toilet. <laughs> Thunder Job. Thunder Job. Thunder Job. <laughs> Thunder. And uh, I'm not over that. <laughs> we have no context. Yeah. We don't know what they were using it for. Could it have been their mailbox? We don't know. <laughs> we were joking about how uh, in a previous episode we were talking about sloppy breakfast yes. and uh, how that sounds sexual. And Thunder Job definitely also sounds <laughs> sexual. So get your sloppy breakfast T-shirt today. <laughs> H on H pod dot threadless dot com. H on H pod dot threadless dot com. Dot com. So the boys picked me up and then we drove from <laughs> Maine back to New Hampshire. And this is my first time in New Hampshire. And, and what happened when we got to my house? Oh my God. <laughs> How could I forget? Oh, so we get back to Josh's place and we pull in and there's a skunk in his front yard. So he pulls the car up kind of close to him, puts the lights on and it kind of like shovels off. So we park the car, get out. And we're going in, and Josh has to pee very badly because it's been about an hour drive. Yeah, since it's been an hour and 45 minutes. <laughs> and this skunk was literally fearless. Yeah, it puffed would, up. It would not back down from Josh, and it was standing directly in front of the front door, so we couldn't get in. It was on my stoop. <laughs> it was glorious. So Josh... I threw a chalk marker at him. 
<laughs> it bounced right off the thing's head. <laughs> and it didn't really flinch to that. It was like, you want to fuck with me? I will spray you. And then I had to throw a tricycle in its vicinity. <laughs> <laughs> it finally left, but even then, slowly, that thing was brave as hell. Not only did I throw a tricycle at it, but I threw a tri- tricycle at it while screaming, leave us alone! <laughs> <laughs> That thing was like the closest equivalent to like a xenomorph we're probably going to encounter yeah. in New Hampshire. <laughs> we have to get a skunk, an evil skunk added to the logo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, so, yeah, we uh, then we came in and we hung out and watched YouTube. And this morning, Josh took us to the largest arcade in the world. Yes. Fun spot. It was fucking dope. It was very cool. Also... What's his name? Nuff Top? Is it t- Top Snuff? Top, top Snuff. snuff. <laughs> is Fun Spot's mascot, because that's Fun Spot backwards, is Top Snuff. He's a dragon that wears a red hat. We're and he loves to have fun. Of that. <laughs> yeah. that's, I took multiple pictures because I was cracking up at Top Snuff. <laughs> we stopped by the bar and had a beer because it was noon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because Perfect the bar time. was open. <laughs> and we were about to play children's toys. <laughs> Yeah, that was hard for me not to like swear openly. I was like, oh, I'm used to like cursing at video games. There's small children running around. I did. I said cunt very loudly. (laughs) 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 Me and Chris slayed on some fucking Jurassic Park. That was sick. And then me and Miles slayed on the Walking Dead game where you get crossbows. That game was dope. We also like fucking threw down in the Ninja Turtles game. (laughs) Yeah, that was fun. Also, Ski Ball was great. Ski Ski Ball ball was very fun. I'm a big fan of Ski Ball. So and we're saving up for uh George Foreman grill. What the fuck? Yeah, we were, we were trying to get a skillet. Yeah. <laughs> Most ridiculous prizes I've ever seen in an arcade. They had like all these like so home many. goods and appliances. <laughs> it goes from like twenty tickets of getting like a, J- a Chinese finger trap to a hundred where you get like a keychain of a teddy bear to like twenty thousand where you get a George Foreman grill. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if how much it would actually like cost you to get the tickets to get that. Like how? Well, many there is George a machine Formans there where you can, you can just buy tickets. Really? Yeah. Uh, okay. And it, you, it tells you how many you get for how much, and mm. it's like <laughs> this thirty dollar foreman grill from Walmart's going to cost me like a hundred and eighty bucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everything is super reasonably priced up here. I'm surprised. Like, I got popcorn at the movie theater earlier. It was ten dollars for the biggest size they had. Yeah, oh. specialty venom. Let there be carnage. Bucket. We yeah. got to talk about that theater. <laughs> that I immediately dumped my chair over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, that theater was crazy though. It was like a boardroom, except like awesome. Yeah. Chairs were super comfy, full service. They like came and waited on us. We got a pitcher of beer, yeah. safe space, uh, food, <laughs> New England IPA, and then yeah, foods. It was it was rad though, and we were the only people in there, and so we were just basically live <laughs> podcasting. <Yeah. during> <laughs> we were doing our show to each other because we don't know how to watch movies together without talking over. <laughs> <laughs> a blessing and a curse. I tried to keep it down at one point for a stretch because I'm like, I don't know if I'm pissing them off. Yeah. <laughs> we are trying to watch this. There was definitely a moment where I got like completely sucked in, and you guys just like disappeared. Like I, it was just me in that movie for a while. <laughs> And uh, yeah, this uh, this was. I've been looking forward to watching this movie for so long. COVID. I don't think we said what it is. Up. Antlers. We went and saw Antlers. Yes. Antlers. Yeah. Yes. 
Which is the theme of this episode. That's what we'll be reviewing. Miles' most anticipated movie of the year. <laughs> it really was. Like, between that and Dune, it was these two movies. And um, overarching thought, I really, really, really liked it. Uh, I liked it. There wasn't anything wrong with it, really. Uh, but I liked it probably, like, as much around the level that I liked Malignant. Like, it's not, I don't think it's the greatest movie of all time, but I I had fun with it. Yeah. I couldn't believe where it went. It hooked me. But it wasn't, like, super scary or anything. Yeah. I was hoping it was going to be really fucking terrifying. Yeah, I I actually really liked it. My only complaint was I wish there was, like, a couple more characters to be fodder for death. That would have been cool. Yeah, I, I really, really liked the monster and everything. And I thought they did a good job, like, building tension throughout and... But I will say, I just wish there was like a little bit more action. That being said, there was a moment in this movie that scared the hell out of me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we all a little jumped a little bit. Yeah, it was a really, really good jump scare, which was perfectly placed. So as soon as we sat down in the theater, Chris goes, you know, they never really made a good Windigo movie. And I'm like, I'm fairly certain that's exactly what this is. And then when they finally said the word Windigo in it, me and Chris were just like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> That was definitely a moment of hype. I was like, it's happening. (laughs) Here we are. So it's a Wendigo movie, and uh, it's produced by Guillermo del Toro. Um, Who directed it again? Do you guys know? I thought it was uh, the guy that did uh, Doctor Strange, but it wasn't, because he does a lot of horror movies, too. Mm -hmm. Let's see here. It is. And his name is also Scott. Scott Cooper. 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 Scott Cooper. Who is best known for... Number one question, is Scott Cooper married? Why would that be your first question? <laughs> Maybe there's like another more handsome Scott Cooper. Um, he... Sc- Scott Cooper wrote this movie, but he's also gorgeous. Apparently so. He did uh, Black Mass, uh, not super Ooh. well-received mafia movie. Uh, Out of the Furnace, that was a good movie. Um, just a bunch of like really well-shot action movies, it looks like. I was thinking of Scott Derrickson. I don't he did Doctor either. Strange. He did uh, Sinister, mm-hmm. uh, The Exorcism of Emily Rose. Tell He's me. doing that new Ethan Hawke movie, Black Phone. Ooh. That looks creepy as fuck. Ooh. I yeah. can't wait to see that. It says that he was one of the people who worked on Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me. <laughs> so he went from Austin Powers to Antlers. <laughs> don't I- make you horny, baby. <laughs> Chris, you want to tell your Austin Powers story? Oh, yeah. So I went to a music festival over Halloween weekend in Florida, and uh, everyone was dressed up in costumes, and it was Saturday night, and I saw this rapper named Corday, and he has a song with Anderson Pack. and long story short, he asked for someone to come up on stage and do Anderson Pack's part, and so he picks this guy, and he asks him like multiple times, like, are you sure you know all the words? And he's like, yeah, I swear, blah, blah, blah. And he comes up, gets on stage and he's dressed as Austin Powers <laughs> and he fucking killed it. He <laughs> went off on that song. It was awesome to watch. I've never seen anything like that. So that was pretty rad. I'm imagining watching Austin Powers rapping and it already is just a glorious image in my mind. It's pretty sweet. <laughs> he's all teeth and microphone. <laughs> <laughs> so how do we want to do this? I don't think anyone should listen to this if they haven't seen Agreed. Antlers. So yeah. I guess we'll just kind of go full spoilers and just talk talk about this. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to go beat for beat as best we can? Uh, yeah, and we can go in and out with questions and shit. So, 
So the first thing I noticed was I said, boy, that's a good dad. And Josh <laughs> goes, no, that's a nice dad. And uh, that distinction is extremely important. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because turns- they were all dirty. So I'm like, he's not a good dad. Good dad would have his kids clean and probably in school, not sitting in a trunk while he goes into a cave to go into a meth lab he created. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's, uh, so dad is talking to his kid. Everybody's dirty. He's like, you wait right here. I'll be right back. Don't steal my truck. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he goes into Road this <laughs> mine where they're like Breaking Bad style cooking meth, him and some other guy. And they like they don't really explain like did they go exploring in the mine while their meth was cooking? They or? heard that noise. They they heard the screaming of the Wendigo, mm. and then they went to that tunnel where there were the, all those hanging, like charms, which are to like keep yeah these like Native American medicine bags, which are like to keep a spirit locked in wherever they're hanging. But these people don't know that, so they walk past them, and then yeah, he he gets like possessed by the spirit of the Wendigo, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then the boy's like, where's dad? It's been a hot minute. So the boy goes in and walks into darkness, and we were all just like, nope, 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 That wasn't main character boy. No, that was main character boy, I thought. Is it? I think it was littler boy, and that's why he got sick, too. Oh. Because when they cut to the main kid, I'm like, is this, how far later is this? Because this kid looks older. And then he was like, oh, I have a brother. And I was like, oh, that's that little That makes sense, because they get a weird connection after that. Yeah. Um. We we had strong feelings that this movie was going to wind up being like a metaphor, or it's just the little kids, because they do that a lot in movies nowadays. It'll be a movie about a kid and a monster, and then it turns out the monsters aren't real. They're just a metaphor for, like, did you ever see I Kill Giants? No. That's no. a pretty good movie. It's got Zoe Zaldani in it, and this girl is, like, dealing, like, her mom is sick. Mm-hmm. But she thinks, like, these giants are real, and she battles them with this, like, huge like anime axe hammer thing mm. and everyone's like this girl's batshit crazy there's no fucking <laughs> there's no giants <laughs> yeah we i definitely thought like oh no josh is right this turns out to be real people and it's all an allegory or whatever and uh they definitely lead you down that path for a while mm-hmm. what oh. happens next we're introduced to our main character carrie russell yeah and she's definitely got some like psychological trauma of some sort going on. She's like dealing with something you don't really know what. She's in a bathroom like slapping herself to come together like she's like at, at work somewhere important or something like about to give a speech. She's a fucking t- elementary school teacher. <laughs> the age ranges of kids in that classroom yeah. seemed pretty significant. Yeah. yeah, is that bully kid and our main character kid they're in the same class. The bully kid's like two feet taller than right. me. Right. <laughs> I think been held back. Like I know this kid's supposed to be malnourished, but goddamn. <laughs> yeah, they were they were super skinny. That kid, and uh, so there's a bully kid who's having sex with a sock puppet monkey, sock monkey. Yeah, under his desk. The teacher yeah. sees nothing. If you do something behind your desk, that teacher ain't seeing it. Has no idea. Yeah, I mean, right. I got caught with so much shit in school. Mm-hmm. I mean. At one point, this kid's got a knife. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we get introduced, and she sees this kid, and she's like, something's up with this kid. Skinny kid, little kid, runt. And uh, does it follow his perspective immediately after that? Well, she she wants the class to tell her about urban legends. Oh, yeah. Of course, yeah. And, and that kid gives like this horrible story <laughs> that he made up that seemed way above his age range. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it was pretty chilling. I thought it was kind of like the Three Little Bears, but then it got real dark. <laughs> yeah, 
So um, they, he tells this creepy ass story, and uh, that just screams, "My dad beats me at night." <laughs> it really does. Like, there's definitely like, uh, "Did you know I'm abused?" Because I couldn't make it more clear. Yeah. <laughs> and um, the kid goes. See, I'm not good at remembering the exact order of things. Uh, does is this where the kid goes and meets the skunk? <laughs> oh my god! The Let's kid, just talk about that. Yeah, the kid is walking home. <laughs> it, it, it's su- such serendipity. Yeah, <laughs> we, were, we were literally like, "When's the last time you saw a skunk in a movie?" And we could not name it, and we just had this straight yeah. up altercation <laughs> with a street skunk. We last have sk- night. yeah, we have skunk altercation last night, and then we go to the movies. And we see a child walking home by himself on a beach, and then it changes to like the view instead of being head on at him, it's like over his shoulder facing where he's looking at, and there's a fucking skunk standing on the beach staring at him, and then he <laughs> he kills it with a giant rock. And he bends <laughs> over and he picks up a rock, but in that moment I was like, please be a tricycle, please make up a tricycle. <laughs> <laughs> over this weekend i've learned skunks are incredibly aggressive yeah, yeah it was a very mean skunk we're very so, lucky we didn't get sprayed <laughs> you are very lucky you didn't get sprayed as soon as you started fucking with it we were like nope nope i nope, wasn't nope. close enough to get hit but we would have had to walk through it me and miles were literally cackling we could not breathe <laughs> and standing about 35 yards behind yeah, we're going, like, we're not you got this sprayed. josh <laughs> You overhand threw a tricycle. <laughs> I had to. <laughs> there was no other option. <laughs> yeah, you had to be real bad. So this kid apparently had impeccable aim with this rock, and he killed the skunk, and he brought it home, and he feeds it to something in his attic. Yeah, behind mm-hmm. a locked door in his house. Yes, and uh, it turns out his little brother is up there with whatever this something is, and they're just like, live up there? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this kid still goes to school for some reason. Yeah. They don't have electricity in the house because there's no one there to pay bills. It's just this kid and whatever's happening in the attic. So he's always walking around with flashlights and headlamps. The place is filthy. His dad was a, a meth head, meth making gentleman. Yeah. yeah. So um, then we get the reveal that whatever is in the attic with his brother is somewhat human. So it kind of threw us for a loop again because we were all just like, so human bad guy monster bad guy <laughs> yeah. like it was we... very weird we didn't know if it was just someone tweaking and he was locked behind a door <laughs> <laughs> yeah i, I definitely i even voiced that i think like there's a point where he looks through the keyhole and i was like oh it is just a dude yeah. <laughs> spoiler alert it yeah. ain't <laughs> you're in for an emotional roller coaster. <laughs> yeah <laughs> so after that um teacher slowly is just like I'm really concerned about this kid right yeah. now because she's finding pictures that he's drawing of like murders and shit. And she followed him to the ice cream <laughs> store and like sat him down and had like a heart to heart with him. It was like, oh, my parents died too when I was young, blah, blah, blah. And he straight up Tony Soprano's her ass. He just gets up and is like, I'm leaving. Don't follow me this time. <laughs> that yeah. was honestly pretty awesome. I was like, damn, this kid's got balls. <laughs> he's, he's tougher than a skunk. <laughs> <laughs> Tough as a skunk. Um, and we also skipped a part where Jesse Plemons is uh, teacher's brother. Carrie Russell. Carrie Russell. And they uh, they make it pretty clear they had an incredibly, astoundingly, horrifically abusive father. Yeah. And uh, Carrie real Russell. Real weird shit. <laughs> real weird shit. Like he's laying around naked in their bed and stuff. And like. She's locked in the basement underneath the kitchen. <laughs> Yeah, it's fucking dark. So she knows all about abuse and trauma, which is why she's like triggered by this kid. 
and uh but there's still like some tension between her and jesse plemons because he's a cop but like it's just like they haven't really been close in a really long time and now they live together she left too like she left him and it seemed like he like kind of resented her for that a little Mm -hmm. bit she had moved apparently to california but i was trying to figure out if she had like something happened that drove her back to oregon or if she just like wanted to reconnect with her brother i think it was her dad died yeah so she felt safe to come back Hmm. but then she couldn't handle like the emotional trauma of it yeah so uh she follows the kid to his house of course when he says don't follow me and in the meanwhile he finds a raccoon that's been like gutted and he just scoops it up, intestines and all, and yeah, I don't takes get it why home. is he? F- I mean, I guess because he doesn't have any money, right? But still, like, and it's like a scary food. monster, dude. I mean, I haven't really come across too many corpses in my day, just walking through the woods and stuff. That's so true. he's extremely proficient at finding death. Yeah, whose corpse was that in the woods that they found? The the meth head partner. Oh yes, yes yeah. Indeed. So it, it ate the uh, the dad's. Uh, jesse pinkman essentially and um yeah so she follows the kid to the house and she basically peeks her head in the house and there's some unnatural noises and she's like fuck this and she takes off and she goes back to the school solid play honestly yeah it's the smartest move of any horror character ever yeah so she goes and tells someone else like hey something's going on in that house principal why don't you figure it out and the principal has much less sense than she does well, the principal tries to like basically tell her like, we're not nothing's gonna change. Like our whole town's just a bunch of fucking meth heads. Like, mm, and yeah. people keep their kids out of school to run drugs for them and shit. Like their whole town is overrun, and her brother's the sheriff, and but he's there's nothing he can really do about anything. <laughs> yeah, there's many points in this movie. I feel like at least two where she's like, "And what are you doing about it?" And he's like, I, yeah, "I'm um, right in front of you." He was right kind now. of a stammering idiot. <laughs> yeah, he definitely was. Um, so she goes and tells the uh, the principal, like, hey, we got to figure something out. And instead of calling or having someone else go and check, the principal herself goes to the house and just walks in. The principal who couldn't be ma- bothered to make a phone call to, like, social services. <laughs> right. But like, she drives all the way to the middle of nowhere. <laughs> exactly. Like, she was real re- resistant to it. And then she's the one who shows up there. Am I missing anything between these two scenes? Um, The little kid fed. That's when you find out that it's his dad. And ah. his brother, because he brings him the raccoon. Yeah, he, he, he like chopped it up, but he still put it. He put it in like a styrofoam to go container. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but his, yeah, his dad looks possessed, <laughs> like yeah, by his, a monster. His insides are glowing. Yeah, his like chest is glowing. His hair's falling out. His brother said that dad said that God is dead. Yeah, <laughs> which made me like that immediately made me feel like if it was more of that type of stuff, because that's fucking creepy. You throw that line in the trailer and then it cuts to silence like that's fucking pretty terrifying. Mm-hmm. I wish it had been more of that, like an actual entity. If this had was filmed like hereditary, mm-hmm. but it was still this like same subject, this would have been absolutely terrifying. <laughs> yeah, like visually a spectacle, like such a well like masterfully crafted movie like yeah the... and well acted i just wish it was like there was more substance like yeah maybe yeah. if it was written better because a lot of it is just people looking at the camera mm-hmm. <laughs> like someone staring at somebody else and then they're staring up at them <laughs> i really liked the location and the cinematography a lot though like a lot of the shots were just like really beautiful so i felt like it like set the tone of like tension throughout the film and they did a good job of not really giving us too much on the on the windy. 
mm-hmm. <laughs> until the, you know the end. The audio was incredible because there's like the scenes audio. where there's a yeah. fly yeah. flying around and it feels like it's like right by it your head. A, yeah, it was all like all the audio was split to speakers. Yeah. So like if it was in the back right, like if it was supposed to be to the back and to the right of you, it only came out of the back right speaker. So it really felt like water was dripping around you or flies were buzzing around your fucking head. Yeah, it was intense. Anytime it was hunting someone through the woods, you'd hear like running like or like twigs snapping and stuff to your left or your right. That was crazy. It was so well made. So the principal figures out that there's like a locked door in the attic and she hears a kid crying. So she opens it up and goes up and is like, holy (laughs) shit. Instead of immediately stopping and calling the police. Yeah, she's like, she opens the door and sees walls covered in blood and just goes, I'll keep going. Yep, this is the time. (laughs) So she goes up, and of course, Wendigo Dad fucking destroys her. It was brutal. He, like, rips all of her insides out and just, like, leaves a husk of a woman. I wish it had been a little longer, a little, Mm -hmm. like, more dragged out, because it just, every time there was something like that, it was, like, quick, and it would wrap up, and then it would go, and then it would wrap up. Like, yeah, like, the pacing of the actual, like, violence was not. Great. He, he bites her cheek off. Yeah. <laughs> and Dude. spits it out. <laughs> um, so it cuts from that to the bully kid at school. He opens up his backpack and someone shit in his backpack. And it was fucking hilarious. <laughs> he shit inside the sock monkey's head that he had cut off the doll. Is that what he yeah. did? And then he stuck it in the bag. And of course, the bully kid is two feet taller than him. So the violence of him hitting the little kid was cut out and it just cuts to him like holding the kid's face against glass and holding the shit right next to his face and uh the teacher comes and breaks it up and is that when when that's when he's in the nurse's office and he's got like scars all over his back and shit right right and the teacher's like he's definitely been abused now (laughs) and uh then the husband of the principal is like where the fuck is my wife like she just disappeared so they figure out that she went to that house and the cops come and they find dad's body is just like a husk up there. And so yeah, after is... he ate the teacher, he like transformed. Yeah, yeah. he evolved. Like, like, yeah, like spikes shot out of his mouth. That was crazy. And then, yeah, they found his body and it was just like like in in Men in Black when you <laughs> the alien takes their skin off. Except mm. for it was exploded out the front yeah, and burned. They said it was cooked and flayed. Yeah, like, ugh, it was so gross. Like the gore was pretty, pretty convincing. Yeah, um, yeah, they found that lady's body. That was pretty fucking gross. And since uh, it's like a one horse town, the only cop is Jesse Plemons. So he, him and like there are, I think three cops total. And his very quiet friend. And his very <laughs> every quiet time friend. he spoke, he was like, "Hey, there's a car here." <laughs> <laughs> so they uh, they figure out that this is this kid's dad is dead. So they take the kid to the hospital after the nurse's office to be like, what is going on with you? And uh, they don't tell him until later that his dad is dead, but they take him back to their house. Is that what happens at this point? Yeah, he's released from the hospital. The brother is now missing, and they think the dad's dead, but he turned into like a monster. Yes. And so they bring the kid back home, and they tell him, like, your dad's dead. And he, oh, no, wait, before that happens... The kid is walking home through the woods. Yeah, runs into the bully. 
and he runs into the bully, and the bully's like, I'm going to fuck you up. And the Wendigo's like, mm-hmm, yeah. And then delicious. a Wendigo jumps out of a tree and impales him. <laughs> yeah. the, the antlers were righteous in this movie. It's a good thing it was called antlers, because he fucks people up with that shit. Yeah. I wanted a better shot. He It never like stood still enough for you to get like a look at the horns, because mm-hmm. they had so many like spikes on them. It was insane. I kind of liked it. I liked the, the pace of revealing the monster nice oh, and no, slow. Yeah. When you actually see it face on i was like oh shit yeah we'll shit get to that amazing <laughs> so uh i don't he runs away and is that how he ends up in the hospital somebody finds him or something that's when he's running home yeah yeah and then and then he gets there and that's when like the cops are in there and the teacher grabs him and is like you can't go in your house and shit like that gotcha okay yeah. so then they go to the hospital and then after the hospital they go back to the teacher's house and the teacher yeah. breaks the news to him and he's like he's not dead he's just different and they're like huh <laughs> And that's when things get real wild. We're pretty much at the pop-off point of this movie now, right? Yeah, this was when the scariest thing happened. (laughs) Yeah, so for whatever reason, Jesse Plemons isn't there, but he's like, hey, partner, just go. He's going to talk to the mayor to be like, we have to lock it down because they found that bully kid dead. And they're like, all right, we got six unrelated deaths that seem a little related. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, because they were like, what animal does this? No animal I've ever seen. Yeah, there's human teeth marks in his femur. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, then what happens? So they, the deputy is there hanging out at Jesse Plemons' house with the family, like walking around outside, and he hears something in the shed. So he calls it in, and he's like, oh, shit, there's something in your shed, bro. Oh, my God. And uh, the little kid isn't the the little brother is in like, like a laying in a manger. box in with teflon blankets on <laughs> in the manger. He is <laughs> in a manger. <laughs> little dirty baby Jesus. <laughs> He's literally in a manger. It's so weird. Um, so he finds little brother in the manger, <laughs> and uh, the kid basically just distracts him for a minute. the The kid's in this manger, and the cop is like, "Whoa, it's a little boy." And as soon as it's like, oh, shit, something's about to happen, like, as soon as your mind registers, like, this is about to be bad, the fucking antlers shoot clean through the dude's chest. (laughs) Chest explodes with bones. And everyone watching jumps. Yeah, like, we all basically almost fell out of our chairs at that point. And then Jesse Clement shows up, and they pretty much do the exact same thing again. Yep, they they do the same play again. Jesse Plemons shows up, except he does a little better because yeah. he doesn't get skewered straight on. So there's gets, more of yeah. a, a side swiped into on, a wall. <laughs> on that first jump when he kills the partner, I was so happy that I didn't have a beer in my hand yeah. at that moment because I jerked so hard. I was like Jesus because yeah. the whole movie like nothing had been scary at all, and then that shit happened and i was like oh my god and chris looked at us and goes, scared the shit out of me <laughs> it, it was good it was good i i appreciate it they didn't overdo it with jump scares but they got one really good one in there yeah i really like the atmosphere of that scene because it's very like foggy mm-hmm. and then like jesse clements gets knocked into the shed but not like impaled and then it fucking bursts through the wall behind him oh and like god. impales his arm and it's just smashing him back and forth. That was really cool. Well, it didn't cut. It didn't change angle or anything. Yeah, he was just getting fucking winged around. <laughs> and he fought it off with a shovel. But he's like super fucked up. Like he took some serious damage. Yeah, then it plowed the wall again just to kind of like beat the shit out of him. Yeah. Before it, it left. It really fucked him up. So he is essentially out of commission, but he comes along for the rest of the ride. 
And um, and instead of bringing her brother to the hospital like a good sister, he allows him to tag along even though he's unconscious yeah. and has just been impaled. <laughs> I know. I was like, what's the time sensitivity on going to get this kid? Like, he's been living <laughs> with this fucking thing for like three months now. And you're a teacher. You're not a fucking police officer. You're not anything. Like, she like kept visiting crime scenes with her brother throughout the movie. And I was like. What are her credentials to be getting over this yellow tape outside of being the brother or sister of a small town sheriff? And pretty much everybody keeps going, this isn't your responsibility. You're just his teacher. And she's like, I'm his teacher. It is my responsibility. (laughs) (laughs) So the kid, he sees what's going on. He's like, I'm out. And he dips out of the house and she can't catch him. So she gathers up Jesse Plemons and all of his limbs, throws them in the truck, and they follow the Wendigo to the mine shaft where the uh, the movie started. Can we put a pause on this for a second? We totally glossed over something very important. Jesse Plemons has a fat mustache in this movie. <laughs> he <laughs> love a good mustache. He looks like Chunky Chris. Like once Chris hits like forty and lets himself go. <laughs> Mustache alert. <laughs> Anytime there's good facial hair in any he of these movies. He came on screen and Chris went, oh, mustache. <laughs> <laughs> um, I got so- an eye for these things. <laughs> <laughs> so they, uh, they go, uh, teacher goes down into the mine shaft where we finally get to look at this fucking Wendigo monster. It's eating a bear. Yeah, yeah it's eating oh. a dead bear. <laughs> And it's also wearing the face of the dead, like oh leather my face, God, yeah, over his Wendigo face. Like, who? What are you? Are you trying to fool somebody? If you like look into the lore of Wendigos, they wear the faces. Wear the faces yeah, because yeah. yeah. just like he ripped his face off and then hung it on his face, like off a hook on his antler. Just like, yeah. yeah, we'll put this here for now. It was no, like it. if you've ever seen the Joker in Batman, the one in the comics who cut his own face off and then wore it as a mask. Mm. It looks like that. It's just a giant face flesh hanging on top of a monster. (laughs) Kind of gave me the ritual vibes. Yes, it's almost visually extremely similar to the ritual. Is there a monster in the ritual? Yeah, Yeah. it's a Wendigo. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, so (laughs) it's pretty dope. Wendigo. uh, The last long-term D&D campaign I ran wendigos were like an epidemic so i actually like looked into wendigos a lot and i was like oh hey this is a wendigo (laughs) movie it's probably why i was so excited to watch it but um minor missed opportunity with the wendigo was them not having it like imitate the people that it eats right like you know in uh have you guys seen that movie annihilation I have, yes. Are you talking about the shark bear thing? When the, when the bear is screaming after it ate that lady because it's got her DNA and it's screaming with her voice. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, my God. It would have been sick to see something like that. I would have I would have loved that. Wendigo pro- movie producers, listen. <laughs> I, I just thought that, like, I know you guys are, like, wished for a little more action, but I thought it was, like, perfectly paced because I, I had no problem with... I was 100% in the whole time. I was not bored at any moment of this movie. It wasn't over the top at all, which mm-hmm. was nice. And I felt like it was like a very like serious, tense kind of like suspense horror the entire time. And then shit kind of like let loose towards the end. Um, I'm just more of a fan. Of, personally, for creature features, I love to see them just go in. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say this movie was just like good through and through. Like it was like well paced 
And it was more of a serious horror movie than like just a slaughter fest for like gratuitous horror fans. Right. Although there was really good gore. Mm-hmm. The effects were fire. Yeah, that is true. We so, so the shed is the death zone. Yeah, the shed, <laughs> shed was the the killing jar, um, and then they uh, so the teacher comes and she literally, so she stabs it to death it, through the heart. Oh, there's one point where there's a Native American sheriff that was like a former sheriff. He's been tagging along the whole time, and he explains this is a Wendigo, and the only way to kill a Wendigo is to stab it in the heart and then cut its heart out. Yes, so she did that. The heart was eat like it and gain molten. its courage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was like hot, but wrapped in like vines. <laughs> yeah, it like burned her hands when she ripped it out, but she still got it out. And uh, that's when she sees that the little brother that has been tagging along the whole time with the Wendigo, the inside of his chest is starting to glow, and it's like clear, like this kid's. Dead. Yeah, the the sheriff guy said that if you kill a Wendigo, it'll its spirit will go into another host. Mm-hmm. So it immediately goes into little brother, and she's like, "All right, I gotta kill your little brother now." Yep, she was she was like, "You need to understand, this is it." I'm doing my best to tell you what's happening, but I need to act with urgency. And she goes and she stabs the little kid to death with a knife. And um, so here's my question. Are you more or less compelled by horror movies that the end of the movie, their physical prowess and fighting skill are the reason they survive the monster feature? Like, I feel like I don't dig those as much as, like, here's the forbidden amulet or something. Like, some <laughs> plot device that actually brings about the end. With this one, it was just, like, she fucked that thing up. Yeah, but it wasn't like she went all, like, fucking Tomb Raider. She, she just yeah, ducked some punches and stabbed it in the chest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's everybody's weak point. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. But, like, the end of it, like, they survive because they fight it to death. Like, the old one, like, they literally pull its heart out. They pull all its <laughs> legs off and shit. I don't know. I'm less into like regular people are now fine warriors with mad <laughs> skills. <laughs> I I could kind of agree with that. I like a good like clever play that is like the, their smarts are why they end up winning against mm-hmm. a monster. Or I mean, the one uh, the one killer that I'm okay with people just like throwing down against his ghost face. It's hilarious <laughs> to see him just get his shit rocked over and over again. <laughs> And still come out on top. That's real life, man. Like, can switch in a second. So, um, the movie ends with, uh, it's like a couple weeks later or something. Oh, there's a scene at the beginning of the movie where the teacher, it opens up. She's sitting on the toilet. <laughs> and then as she, like, stands up, the screen cuts and then it says two weeks later or whatever. Three months Three later. months later. Yeah. And it's like, she was on the toilet for three months. <laughs> Yeah, I turned to Miles when we were watching it. I was like, that was a really weird time to put that text. Like, why not just have it in the opening scene where she's sitting on the toilet for like five minutes? <laughs> so that's that's part of the opening of the movie. The protagonist is introduced on the toilet. That was a bold move. Um, so the end of the movie comes around. It's been a couple weeks. And they essentially, uh, the teacher has adopted the kid. And Jesse Plemons is showing all the signs of becoming the Wendigo. Yeah, he's coughing yeah, he's, blood and bleeding from his yeah, eyes. It's like black bile comes out of your eyes and your mouth and it was fucking dope and uh that's the does movie. that mean like you have to be like is that why i didn't go to the other kid like you have to be injured in some way because Maybe. the little kid got sick and mm-hmm. then he got like that and the dad was sick because he was a drug addict and then jesse Plummers was fucked up by 
from being fucked up by the Wendigo? Like, does your body have to be compromised? Yeah, I think the dad got, like, stabbed or something while he was in the caves. Yeah, I think, th- okay, so they were saying that, like... Well, the when... dad was a drug addict, so he, like, he was sick all the time. He's sick yeah. from being, like, poisoning himself, basically. True, but, like, he, like, encountered the Yeah, he Wendigo got attacked the by the Wendigo, yeah. So Well, they were saying, like, the, the cycle of the Wendigo is that it eats flesh, and it changes and gets stronger, but it's vulnerable during the changing time. Every yeah, time I it eats, that, it's, that, like, weaker. Yeah, I thought that that explanation was like it's basically a tortured soul like it it has an unstoppable hunger but every time it eats it gets weaker mm-hmm. and then right before it eats it's at its strongest but then it eats again because it is compelled to eat even though it makes it weak right so i almost feel like when people then are weakened that's the opportunity for the wind to go to strike yeah so yeah i think because he was injured not necessarily because he was injured by the wind yeah that's what i mean just because he was fucked up yeah. yeah, so that's probably the weakest person around is the one that just gets jumped into. <laughs> the one that's unconscious in the car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's also, that also makes more sense why she was able to, like, put a beat down on it at the end of the film. Yeah, mm-hmm. just ate the bear. Because it had been eating, like, it the had bear. been straight up feasting. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, so she fucking killed it. She And they left it open for a sequel that we will not get. I Probably guarantee that if there is one, it'll be on like fucking Tubi or IMDb TV. Yeah, or that's some what I mean. Shit. Like, I don't think this was good enough to like this ain't no franchise spawning. No, it's, like it you could not. get a sequel to Malignant, too, and it could make sense and it could be just as good as the first one. Yeah. Like, you're not going to get a sequel to this that like it would just be the exact same story. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, just stab it in the heart, rip it out. And then hope nobody injured is around or whatever. Yeah. Get some sort of shaman to do a spell or something. There's someone injured and you're like, you're too weak. Stab him in the head. (laughs) (laughs) So um, how many shore skunks out of five would you guys give this? Four. Four shore skunks. Okay. It was fine. Like, Yeah. I enjoyed it. I had a good time. Like, definitely watch it. It's not bad. Yeah, I'm not sure how much like rewatchability it has. Like, it's not an instant classic or anything. What do you think, Chris? I would probably give this one like uh, three and a half. It gets that extra half from that one really great jump scare. Mm-hmm. Really, that that one got me. I like that a lot. I normally don't get scared from movies, so it was a nice change of pace. And I'm leaning towards uh, four shore skunks because. The, the like I don't have a whole lot of complaints about it. It definitely is in like my top one hundred horror movies for sure. Like I was not a bad movie at all, but it also like doesn't have a lot of rewatchability. But visual spectacle, like the tension just rose the whole time. The acting was all convincing. There wasn't any ham-fisted humor in it, really. Yeah, the yeah. acting was really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd recommend it. It was everything that they were trying to do, they did, and it worked. And it was everything was done well. It's a well-made movie. This yeah. is definitely one where if you're not super into, it does have like certain gory moments. But like if you're not into super gory and super graphically violent horror films and you like more suspense this would be right up your alley (laughs) the waitress was definitely not into it (laughs) yeah our poor waitress kept coming in to us the only people in the theater and it would be at the most horrific parts of the film and she's just like kind of hiding her head waiting (laughs) yeah like somebody's face is getting bitten off by a grown man and she's just standing there like do you guys need more beer she's waiting there so that she because she knows that we need to hear and see what's happening because it's an important part but it's also a very uncomfortable part for her (laughs) (laughs) 
she's probably seen all these movies at this point, but she only comes in at the point yeah. of the worst parts. <laughs> <laughs> falling out and shit. All of that being said, though, I would like to see more movies like this. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Give me a Jersey Devil movie like this. Give me a Mothman movie like this. I'll take it. I love cryptid shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was very appreciative of the backstory of the monster. I thought it was like just a really cool concept in general. Yeah, since it was like supernatural, I wish it was more like hereditary in that like really creepy way. Like, yeah, because they didn't show the monster a lot, so you could have made it more like that, where like you really dive into this Native American lore. Mm-hmm. Like maybe the fucking Native Americans are doing it against the white man or something to fucking take back their land. Like fuck it. I uh, <laughs> my favorite movie of all time is called Brotherhood of the Wolf, and it's essentially this movie, but everywhere that there was like. It's not your responsibility. Instead, there's kung fu fighting. Yeah. <laughs> so like, in every in every other way, this movie is like extremely similar. Like, Does I like rip his own face off to turn into a werewolf in that movie. Uh, not exactly, but there's definitely some crazy shit that happens in that yeah. movie. But it uh, the pacing of showing the monster slowly is what I really valued in this movie. Yeah, they did a good job with that. I will say, in in my perfect world. If we could have gotten like one scene of two hunters out at night and and (laughs) this thing just like absolutely wrecking them a little bit earlier on in the movie, that would have been cool just to kind of like break up some of the tension and give like a little bit of a payoff. Wendigo should have broken into the classroom. (laughs) (laughs) Destroyed all those children. Call the National Guard. (laughs) The bully had two lackeys. Like if all three of them, them. like if they ran through the woods or whatever and it chased them down, that would have been a dope scene. That would have been an awesome scene if all three of those, yeah, all three of those kids are beating the shit out of the kid and then they just all get impaled and their heads ripped off and shit. Yeah, it was was the evil ginger the whole time. (laughs) Yeah, fuck that kid. (laughs) (laughs) he got what he deserved um so if you guys haven't seen it i don't know if it'll still be available a live stream that is now just a video is that yeah you can rewatch it yeah so you can rewatch our live stream that we're about to do so i can't tell you how great it was but i imagine there's cats in it it was great (laughs) it was really great we watched freddy versus jason and uh we had a super good time like we said we're all here in person for the first time and it's incredible people won things maybe you're one of them Maybe you're one of them. We ha- we're having a raffle and trivia and shit. It's going to be fun. And uh, you should check it out. We did that last week, I guess. Yeah, we'll have the audio on our channel, on our uh, podcast yeah, stream it'll as come well. Out as, yeah, it'll come out as an episode as well. Yes. So um, we're doing all that. What else do you want to say to our fine audience, fellas? Uh, check out all our brand new merch. We have merch. We have a lot of different logos, um, surprisingly. And you can get it on pretty much anything. You want a shower curtain with our logo on it? You can get it. You want a bath mat? Man, what I wouldn't give for another bath mat. You want knee-high socks? Somebody get one of those sweet Kakoa Shaw approved t-shirts. Yeah. Hell yeah. That is amazing. It is hhpod.threadless.com. Are they on blankets yet? Oh, yeah. Kakoa Shaw blanket would be the greatest. Yeah. It would keep making me get feel it so a, safe. You can get it on a comforter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anything else? Uh, find this show on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, H on H Pod. And yeah, I think that's about it. But where the wind to go? <laughs> wind to go. Evil dies tonight. <laughs> 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 
Yeah. Uh, we watched a video of a guy trying to call Sasquatch, and he made that sound. It was fucking hilarious. <laughs> Don't forget, audience, life is tough, but why not get high on horror? I tried. I broke the